2014. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon, and tonight I will present a discussion on the 23rd path of the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, leading from the sphere of Hod to the sphere of Geburah on the pillar of severity. Now, this path is attributed to the element of water and to the tarot trump, the hanged man. Now, once again, our texts for reference will be Gareth Knight's Practical Guide to Kabbalistic Symbolism and John Michael Greer's Paths of Wisdom. Now, we will delve into the history and the mystery of the strange hanged man card and give you our own unique interpretation of its meaning from Greek mythology. So, if you want to cross stormy seas to Anath's castle on the edge of forever, be sure to join us for another exciting adventure in the land of Otskheim, or the Yatsura dimension of the Otskheim. Now, uh, before we get too far into this, um, I want to say that uh, we have uh, a guest call-in number, uh, 347-857-1830, and we would very much like you to call in and ask questions and try to try to keep the questions on the topic and that would be the, this, well, specifically that would be this particular path of the tree of life. But it could be anything, anything on the on the tree of life that you want to ask. Uh, I'm not sure we can answer it, but we'll we'll sure try, and we'll discuss it. So let's hear from you now. That guest call-in number is three four seven eight five seven one eight three zero. Now. Uh, let me review a little bit here on um, the structure and our particular methods of doing these path workings. Uh, we use, as uh, I think you, all of you who are regular listeners know, we use a magical device, a magical vehicle, as it were, um, for exploring the higher spheres of the tree of life and this is a boat and we call it Kusar's boat because Kusar and Kasis, um, a tubal cane was the um, the original artificer of uh, uh, Canaanite mythology he was the he was the um, um, what you might call the craftsman god, the blacksmith god, the the uh, and he has a counterpart in, in almost every mythology. Uh, Hephaestus and the Greeks and Vulcan with the Romans and and uh, and Wayland Smith and you know these uh, the, the craftsman god fell of course of the Egyptians and he's very closely related to and and almost in some cases interchangeable with with both of the Egyptians. In one case in Canaanite mythology, they, they one of the Canaanite myths they actually sent down to Egypt for him because they needed him. So um Kusor was supposed to be, according to Canaanite mythology, the inventor of the fishing boat. Well, that's where they started off, you know, uh, 10, 11,000 years ago with, with fishing boats, and then they went from there to ocean-going ships and whatever. So Kusor started that. So we we thought that if we needed a magical vehicle to um, to explore these higher paths so we wouldn't have to have to walk uh, the path to a sphere and then get there and then, then then walk the path to the next sphere. You know, in other words, if we wanted to, once having done a particular lower sphere, we could we could then have our boat that we could use to fly over what we had already uh, walked over and then land and uh, and walk the path up to the sphere. So uh, this this was a uh, a very practical idea, and so we uh, 
created this uh, this version of Kusor's boat. And uh, you can see that, those of you who are associate members um, and you have your pathworking video, uh, you can see Kusor's boat uh, there on the altar ready to fly through the cell door. Um, and those of you who are not associate members, um, well, uh, uh, you know, that's not very difficult to, to accomplish. Just, just go to the Hermetic Hour website, and we feature the episode on the associate member program and Pathworkings up there at the top, and just listen to that episode, and and, uh, and that'll teach you, tell you how to do that, and and then we have, of course, these pathworkings um, are all, uh, well, all the lower ones are recorded. And, uh, and we put a lot of work into that. We, we, they're recorded, and, and, uh, and we have a video, a visual lead-in, and, and all of these is a real nice uh, set. And you'll see Usor's boat there in the end on the altar. Now, the boat. Has a, has, it's, it's an ibis pattern, and it has a, um, you know, it has a, a black on the port side. It's it's all black, and on the starboard side, it's all white, and and the uh, and the wings are folded. But of course, you know, in your imagination, you can you can unfold the wings when you when you we take off with the boat. But they're folded on the side, and it has an ibis beak. And we want to come a compass mounted on that boat, and we have a little cockpit and a rudder and a tiller and everything. It's it's, it's a nice uh, it's a nice little uh, little boat. It owes something to uh, Abraham Merritt's ship of Ishtar, if any of you are familiar with that, and then uh, it also owes something to various Egyptian uh, uh, funerary boats for sailing the starways and what have you. So we use the boat, and this pathworking, the reason why I'm going into this at some length is because tonight's pathworking would definitely be a boat working. Not only would it be a boat working uh, from Malkuth all the way up to uh, to Hod, but we would just keep on flying because the the way this path is, the path of water that leads from Hod to to Gaborah, so we'll, we could uh, do our whole working virtually uh, from the boat, and I'll explain to you how we do that. Uh, but first, let's, uh, let's talk about the Spear of Hod, and then uh, a little bit about the Spear of Geborah, and uh, this will make the path working and make a little more, more sense out of it. Um, one of the things, too, that I'd like to point out as we get into this is that um, the paths themselves, the way that the Golden Dawn uh, and the Golden Dawn magicians developed the path, uh, the path workings and the path ideas, it, it, it frankly places, I think, too much emphasis on on the symbolism and the um, and the uh, attributes and the symbolism of the paths because uh, and the spheres <laughs> they get sort of short 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 shrift. I mean, it, it, if you think about it, the spheres are really more important than the paths. The paths get you to the spheres, and the spheres. Uh, represent the the great principles of the universe. They represent the their their worlds in themselves. Uh, that represent these principles and these and these uh, these major themes. Um, they're the great filing cabinets, to use Regardi's expression. And so, but the emphasis ended up being placed in the golden eye, being being placed on the paths. And the, and the tarot cards were applied to the paths, and uh, so we tended to to work the paths, and they were the active uh, aspect. And the Hebrew letters were applied to the paths, and so the formulas, the magical formulas, get applied to the paths, and and we do all this work with the paths, and then we tend to kind of forget the spheres, and so. 
when we started to do path workings, uh, and naturally we, you know, we started uh, inspired by Kerpol Singh's um, his uh, Sikh Sant uh, Asiatic uh, version of path workings. Uh, which gave us the attention point system. I've got a call. Uh, who am I speaking with? Who am I speaking with? Are you on? You're on the hermetic hour. You know, want to? Are you gonna? Well, come on, breathe for me. <laughs> okay, all right. But uh, we just uh, we go on. Anyway, um, so uh, the these paths. Uh, well, you get back to I said Kerpol Singh's uh, was the inspiration for our path working system. He was the uh, Eastern master that inspired Paul Twitchell's Ekin Car, which became a literally a path working cult, <laughs> and uh, it, very effective system, very hypnotic, very effective, and and um, uh, the attention points were the primary uh, innovation in the Kerpol's uh, program. In other words. Other other path workings, what they would do, um, and um, deriving from the far far sphere group, what the early other path workings would do is they they'd uh, take you to a to a symbolic um, a tableau or a inscription or um, something that they wanted to show you uh, a magical animal uh, symbolic beast or something like that, or oh, and. And they would tell you exactly what it was that you were supposed to see and exactly what it was that you were supposed to um, experience. And and that was the way they did it. And oh, that's, 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 uh, uh, that's good, a good idea and, and, and all of that. But Kerpol improved on this uh, immensely. His idea was, and what we've used is, is to take you to a particular a uh, magical uh, icon or, or uh, esoteric symbol or uh, meet some some mythological figure or something like that like and and inscription that you would read or that or that uh, entity that would speak to you would speak it would be strictly for you and you would have to see you would read that would, you wouldn't be told what the inscription was it, it, you would said, look, uh, in, in, uh, there is an inscription over this arch. And look at that inscription and realize that it, it's, it's significance and remember it. And, but they wouldn't tell you what it was. See, so you would have to draw this out of your deepest, deepest reaches of your unconscious, the collective unconscious. You would discover this particularly for yourself. Now, this, I think... Kerpol's inspiration here uh, just really literally transformed path workings from from a kind of a a nice uh, reverie where you where you uh, receive uh, instructions in a in a in a more hypnotic way. It it transformed it into an actual initiatory experience where you're where you're evoking this knowledge and this wisdom out of your deep deep mind out of out of as well those of us who are uh, you know on the Jungian wavelength we would say out of the collective unconscious which is in a sense the universal mind so you're really really getting uh, the, the deepest meanings now uh, that said so uh, the paths lead to the sphere and the paths the symbolism along the paths relates to the sphere. But what we do, because I feel like the Golden Dawn did go short on the spheres as far as the... Uh, as a, we, t- we, we consider that a path working goes the length of the path and then into the sphere itself. So as far as we are concerned, you do a path working on the Hermetic Tree of Life and you're doing not just the path itself, you're doing the path and the spirit goes to. Now that is, is uh, that solves the problem of, uh, you know, of actually being able to experience the sphere, which you should, because the sphere is 
when you get right down to it, that's where it's at. I mean, that's that's where the wisdom and that's where the experience and that's where the particular uh, universal theme that you're going for, that's where, it's, where, that's where it is. So remember that in our uh, in our pathworkers, we're using Kerpo's attention point system and we're going into the sphere itself and experiencing the sphere itself. That becomes... Uh, the temple of of the gods that are related to the sphere that becomes the holy city if related to the if that happens to be related to the sphere uh, and you, so so you're you're making not just a path working it's a path to a sphere working and this this should really be understood now with that in mind let's talk about we have two spheres here that we're dealing with the sphere we're coming from. And the sphere we're going to, and the path in between, and, and uh, in this case, it's the 23rd path, and it's in between, um, it's in between Odd, that's Mercury, that's the sphere of the intellect, that's the sphere of rational uh, reason and, and and technical expertise and and uh, and uh, vast knowledge. I don't know how much wisdom is in Hogg, but there's an awful lot of knowledge in Hogg, let's put it that way, and an awful lot of expertise that's in, and, and, and a great deal of rationality. Um, probably a lot of Aristotelian logic, and, and probably you're running a little short on non-Aristotelian logic. But anyway, that, so that's, that's, that's Hogg. And our version of, of, of Hogg, the sphere itself, is the great library, the great library and laboratory of the ages, and and uh, this we when we take you, we take you on a um, path working to Hod, uh We're going to uh, you know take you through the path of Shin and through the desert and through the salamanders and all the rest of that, but then we're going to get get you to the library. We're going to take you up on the top of the mesa. We have this. This, this huge uh, library of the ages, little laboratory in the basement, and and uh, you know, and and, and, the, and the well of the of the universe in the center, because yeah, that's supposed to be a water temple. So we have the well of the universe in the center of the library, so you walk around the rotunda and and look down at the well of the universe, and all that. So um, that, and then then you have access to well, it's. It's like super Google, uh, you know. It's like the it's like the it's like the ultimate internet uh, where you have access to everything, and you know, like Wikipedia to the ninth power. Uh, everything, everything is there. Everything that was ever that was ever uh, recorded, the Akashic records. That's the whole business. Uh, however, uh, it's the same thing as as. Wikipedia and Google and and uh, and um, and everything. You, it's up to you to make to make sense out of it. It's up to you to separate the the you know, the uh, the truth from all the, the whatever. It's up to you to be able to see the Fenords. Okay, remember what a Fenord is. Remember uh, we were. Doing the one on on Phoenician Jesus, and I and I was and I I <laughs> I used the example of the Fedors with the Bible, and the Bible when Ezra and Cyrus wrote the Bible, they 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 couched it in terms that would make the tribe of Judah and Benjamin and the Levites. Uh, it would put them in a, in, a, in a good light and give them a lot of power. They, 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 so they, they they wrote it this way, and. And I, I use the example uh, that Robert Anton Wilson um, um, came up with in the Illuminatus Trilogy. This this little punctuation mark that some Dutch uh, printer had developed back in the in the 17th century developed this little punctuation mark, and it was called a fenord. And you took a fenord when you want to when you want to indicate that a particular sentence or a phrase or a word or something was specious. In other words, it wasn't quite true or it wasn't quite, you were, if there was some kind of exaggeration or distortion involved here with that word or that phrase, 
you put a finord around the word or the phrase, and you put this little finord there, and and then people would realize that well, this is really true, but we're we're, we're you know, uh, but they want us to say this anyway, and so, uh, but then what happened was that uh, that finords kept being used, but then people could gradually stop being able to see them. And they couldn't see them anymore, and 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 so they believed all this stuff that was in Fenords, and they and they didn't realize that it was is the Fenord because their 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 minds just blipped they 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 blipped the Fenords out. So uh, then uh, in in the Illuminatus trilogy, there was this this uh, fellow was sitting on a park bench when and he and he was reading the paper. All of a sudden, he jumped up and screamed, "I can see the Fenords!" and and. Uh, <laughs> So actually, uh, Hod has has a tremendous amount of information and a tremendous amount of data and a tremendous amount of of, uh, of uh, engineering um, and uh, and uh, scientific knowledge and everything else. But uh, you, you, if you just go in there, you better be able to see the doors, and and uh, that requires. Um, and it requires non-Aristotelian logic, and it requires a number of things. But uh, some of that will be gained uh, on the way to Tipperath, and and some of it may be gained, hopefully, on the way to Kabura. Now, um, it needs to be gained on the way to Tabora, and this is one of the reasons for this path, this water path up there. And one of the reasons for that mysterious the selection of that mysterious hanged man card, you need to be able to see the Fenords and you need to be able to get your head on straight. And when you go to Gabura, because Gabura is the sphere of dynamic and sometimes aggressive action. So before you get take all of this all of this technical stuff that you've learned down in 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 because you see the thing about hard and about the intellect and and about the whole idea of of it's just kind of devilish because it, you, there's there's no there's there's not much morality or ethics or anything there there's just a tremendous amount of knowledge as a knowledge is power. But neither knowledge or power or wisdom. Okay, so um, and by the way, let me let me uh, put another analogy on Hod before we before we pull out of Hod here and and, and or fly over Hod and, and and take off for Gabura. Let me let me say that that Hod is attributed to the planet Mercury. Now Mercury, of course. As attributed to the god Mercury and the god of the intellect, and that's that's Mercury, that's Hermes, that's Thoth, that's um, well, that's Kusor, that's Tubalcain, that's you know Hephaestus, all all the craftsmen and the and the clever the clever uh, um, god forms you can think of. Now, the planet Mercury doesn't revolve. The planet Mercury has one side always to the sun. That's absolutely incineratingly hot. It's so hot that it's inconceivably hot. Sure hot. The other side is freezing, icy, super sub-zero cold. And there's no in-between. Oh, yeah, you could say, well, maybe there's a little, there's a little twilight zone there where you might be able to catch a breath before... Uh, you know, before your one foot burns, the other foot freezes. But um, that analogy, in a sense, fits fits hard because the, the, all of this knowledge and all of this wisdom and all of this well, not wisdom, all of this knowledge and all of this uh, this expertise and all of this scientific achievement, everything else, can be used for great good, or it can be used for great evil. It can go either way. And I mean, of course, immediately the the atomic bomb comes to mind, you know, I mean, we go, my God, what have we released? And, and, and uh, things like this. But also, too, you to think about the devil in relation to God. The devil, uh, you know, um, somebody once, once 
uh, wrote a serious book on the idea that, that, that everything men do is kind of devilish. And women have to come along and sort of, you know, clean it up and, and, and try to try to mollify it. But but uh, that it's just about every creative thing a man does or tries to do ends up ends up causing more trouble than it actually. And when you think about it, you know, this is almost uh, this is almost uh, it might be true, you know, actually, because technology on the one hand makes us a lot more comfortable and all of that, but then on the other hand, it Oh, I have terrible pollution and, and wars and, 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 you know, and that sort of thing. So, anyway, so this is what we've got. This is sort of a downside here on HUD. Now, so going up to Gaborah, which is the sphere of of all kinds of aggressive action and and um, and uh, severity and, and war and... and and destruction, if if necessary, and and you know whatever, Gaborah uh, is, is 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 a harsh place. Okay, so going up there, we need something to kind of kind of get um, kind of cool us down, and uh, kind of um, uh, get get our well, like I guess say, get our heads on straight before we go. So. Uh, the path is attributed to water, uh, the letter Mem, and and it's pictured as stormy ocean. I know um, um, John Michael Greer has some really nice symbolism. He talks about underwater caves, and oh boy, I remember my cave diving experiences. That 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 sort of rings a bell. Sunken ships and and uh, and, and all this is. This, this great ocean here, uh, but it is also that ocean is 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 a challenge and it's fearsome. Um, one might even imagine the perfect storm or whatever. But it's called destabilizing intelligence. Why is it? Well, you might say it it acts as a solution and, and a, it acts as a as a solvent. For some of the brittle, um, overly um, aggressively creative stuff that comes out of HUD, before you get to Gaborah, where you would end up using it. Say, for instance, you know, okay, we we designed this weapon down in HUD, and we we got this thing designed, and and we got it all, you know, in the box along with all of its magazines and its ammunition and all of its accessories, whatever. So we'll take it up to Gabura, and then we'll mount it and start firing. Well, maybe by the time we get it up to Gabura, you know, we will look at it and we'll say, "Oh, I don't know. I don't think we should go firing this thing at anybody." And I think, let's uh, let's uh, you know let, let let's reconsider this. Um, so hopefully, now this brings us to the um, the uh, symbolism of the, of the hanged man. Now the hangman, uh, the hangman card, and this is something that John Greer brings out, um, which I didn't know until I read the, read that book. That the card originally meant that this hang this this upside down uh, person hanging by one foot upside down symbolized a traitor, and the card was called the traitor. Now. John Greer points out that Mussolini, uh, when he was finally shot by the partisans in Italy, they hanged him upside down because that was... I got another call. Oh, uh, who am I speaking with? Hey, folks, it's Frater Solomon. Oh, hey there. Hey there, Frater Solomon. Uh, we are we're talking about the 23rd path, and, uh, you know, that's man that's leading from... Uh, from uh, Hod up to um, up to Gamora, and uh, you got you got any any thoughts on that one or or, or no? Well, yeah. Um, on some of my um, deeper visionary trances, kind of an interesting thing. It's a little bit disturbing, but sometimes when you delve really into your creative mind and you just allow it to flow, you're going to get a lot of violent images eventually. And I think that's 
kind of what you experience when you have all this creativity and you just keep dancing it and keep trying to throw images around. You got to rip images up, and naturally, not everything is going to be positive. But I do think on the upside, once you get into Burra and you can realize um, what it's about, you can, as it were, swim through that uh, that sea of blood and then come on the other side, realizing what part of yourself you need to get rid of. Because we all have that. Uh, Gavur is really a good sphere to deal with uh, anger issues that you have and having a good fighting spirit but not having a, a bitter attitude. But I think that that's um, one of the things that you really get from Gaburah. Um Also, what do you think about maybe Odin being the hanged man? Uh, I, um, yeah, Odin, well, that, you know, that, that's, that's, that's an interesting thought. I, I, I thought, yes, because he did sacrifice himself on a tree, um, and and uh, and you know uh, personally, now I was going to get into this, um, um, you know, uh, that my personal thing that I like to, to use, and and I worked into the into our version of the pathway, is uh, the um, Achilles being dipped into the river Styx by his mother. Remember that. Uh, oh when, yeah. When, uh, oh yeah. You know when when uh, she made him she made him um, invulnerable except for his heel, and and dipped him. You know, held him by one, just held him by his heel, and dipped him in in in, in uh, submerged him in the river sticks upside down, and then pulled him back up. But because his heel was uh, still, you know, uh, didn't go below the water. <laughs> you know, eventually, uh, he, he was uh, absolutely invulnerable and, and uh, a great warrior. And then, finally, I think Hector, uh, or no, it was Paris actually, because I think he killed Hector. He was dragging, he was dragging Hector around uh, behind the chariot, um, uh, around the walls of Troy. And I think it was Paris, wasn't it, that, that shot him in the heel with an arrow? You know, I don't uh, know the Achilles story very well. <laughs> I think that was it. But anyway, uh, the so I thought the symbolism of this this because you notice he's up he's upside down. He's got a halo kind of, and and he's, he's sometimes he's over water, uh, and um, so it, and you know the the usual interpretation is some kind of sacrifice it, 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 that it, that that it's some kind of sacrifice. But but one of the uh, I think. Uh, um, both uh, Basil and John uh, Michael Greer, they both kind of indicate that this is a uh, a card indicates a complete change of perspective. You know, in other words, he the hangman is 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 this is transformation, and you're sac you, you maybe you're sacrificing yourself, but 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 it's it's a totally different. In other words, everything's turned upside down. It's kind of a kind of a metaphor, I think, for that. Don't, uh, where where he looks like, you know, when you when you see him, he looks like he's perfectly happy. His face, you know, he's smiling. He's got this halo, and he yeah, uh, almost like an upside down uh, angel. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, Peter was crucified upside down, Saint Peter. You know, you know, uh, you remember why they said I that? Of- and, well, yeah, the the idea was that. Uh, Peter Peter said, "Oh, you know." Well, they told him they were going to crucify him, and he said, uh, "He said, oh, to die like our Lord died." And they said, "Well, we can change that." <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder how much though of this symbolism is there. Uh, you know, uh, Peter's probably not the big one, but I do think Odin had an influence on this card. And um, oh yeah, I, know, think I think probably a lot idea. of yeah. I think there's a right. lot of symbolism on these cards that goes back to. A lot of early European mythology, but the runes—I mean, that's something that's interesting because the runes are actually based on Phoenician letters. Because one of the things we're sure. doing is divining the runes, and as we go up the tree of life, what we're divining is uh, the meaning of each uh, Phoenician letter as it is to us, which we get when we um, do our third degree working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Myriad has a has a real nice. Um, um, a series on uh, meanings of the Phoenician letters. We uh, and uh, we have, of course, that Davies book, but you're you're still in doubt on that one. Uh, but the Phoenician letters, uh, I think, uh, well, we 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 feel that they have great mystical significance, 
and and uh, and this particular one is 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 Mem, and Mem is one of the you know one of the mother yep. letters, and and it looks like uh, in Phoenician, it looks like a W with a long with a long tail, you know, a long tail on it. And so you've got the water, the symbol of the water, and then you have the, the then you have the uh, uh, the line down into the depth uh, for for Mem, um, and uh, I don't remember exactly what uh, what uh, Myriad has for that symbolism on on that for what his, his write up on that, but 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 I know that 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 the way the uh, the the letter is written that it, that it symbolizes waves, right? And uh, yeah. Now, all the Phoenician uh, letters are pictures. Now, uh, we fly over, you know, using Kusor's boat. We're flying over uh, over the water, over the stormy water. And uh, I like to do, uh, I like to take the uh, each one of the the folks that are going along on the on the trip uh, and, and hang them over the side and into the, into the water. <laughs> you know, sort of on that, my Achilles idea. But then they, you know, you know, haul them back in, and then they then they've had their they've had their baptism, so to speak, in the stormy waters, and they've had their upside down experience. And then when we, you know, when we uh, we land uh, uh, up at Gabura, and that that castle of Anath, Anath, the warrior goddess, and that that castle of hers is right on the edge of, you know, like we say, on the edge of forever. And uh, there's a you know, you remember uh, we have that bridge, that very, very narrow bridge across the chasm that leads to the castle. And what you were saying that that you have to, before you get to Gaborah, or before you get to the castle anyway, you have to master yourself. And yes. so that's getting across the bridge, that's, that's that experience. And uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to spoil it for people, but but it, but it, uh, it's exactly how we do it. But but that, that's true. So then, once you once you get into the castle, and you confront enough, uh, you you know, her iron throne sitting there, and and uh, she's the warrior, the traditional warrior goddess, and uh, she wears the eagle helmet, and uh, has the the necklace. Of human heads and the and that that skirt of made of human hands and uh, what so many people don't understand about this is you know this is I was just reading the other night I was just going going back over uh, uh, that the Malanoff uh, 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 legend just just to just to confirm this in this this. This is really amazing. In 1500 B.C., Anath is described as wearing this necklace of severed heads and this girdle of human hands. And this is this is the, exactly the same symbolism you get with Kali, with Durga, with Vajrayogini, with the wrathful bikinis, exactly the same. And here when you we think are about all it. the way... But yeah, but think about this well, though. This is all the way. In other words, there there is a direct connection between Anath and those goddesses over in India and in Tibet. Well, we all had to come through Phoenicia when we came. Uh, just about everybody, all the cultures in, in the world that uh, left Africa through Egypt had to come uh, through Phoenicia. That was Phoenicia and Mesopotamia really were were the heartland of uh, of most human cultures. Well, this is true, and now we know, of course, that that the Phoenicians didn't just—they didn't just come up from—they weren't a bunch, bunch of grubbing Bedouins that came up from Sinai in in uh, you know 2000 BC. They were there, and they had, and they were there, and they were civilized for 11,000 years, right there. Yes, yeah, we know we know that now. Yeah, and we know also. That they were the ones who who um, who actually transported uh, building materials and craftsmen and everything else down to Egypt to build the great monuments of Egypt, and uh, so the Phoenicians are not late comers at all. They are, they are very early comers, and so you know this is this is uh, very significant. 
But uh, in, in, in the Gomorrah um, experience, though, uh, what a lot of people don't realize, and in fact, I have not read it anywhere else. We we we've uh, we determined it you know, from our um, our insights. Um, in contact with the deities, the meaning of Anath's severed heads and her her uh, girdle hands. The severed heads are your previous incarnations, and the severed hands are your deeds. And so, when you confront her, you are you are looking at she is she is the keeper of 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 all of this this karma of yours. And she has it all, and she never, and she doesn't forget anything. And she's a very, very stern and 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 and, uh, and uh, very judgmental, and very harsh. And yet, uh, she will, uh, she's fair. And and uh, so this is this is uh, if if you, if it's seen in the right way, uh, an office is is very valuable. Uh, uh, to you, is she can she can humble you, and and rather than 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 you know, uh, if, if if necessary, she can humble you, and 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 also, if if uh, necessary, she can empower you. She also, um, and this is what we do. We we you go to Anath, and for the first time, uh, or for you know any time that you need to. And she will assign to you a weapon, and you don't know what the weapon's going to be, but she will assign it to you, and and that weapon is yours, and and you take it out of her weapon rack, and and that weapon is yours, and and then she will she will charge you with how you have to handle it, and how you have to what you what you have to go do with it, and uh, so this uh, this. Uh, uh, is uh, becomes a very 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 empowering thing. Now, by the way, we should mention that we in in uh, in the Western uh, uh, psychic center or chakra system, uh, Anath Gabura is in the throat, which is the sphere of you know. We uh, speech is is what we use to reach out and do things. My uh, John, I was it John. Yeah, no, it was, it was Basil Wilby of Gareth Knight who said that, in comparing the opposites, uh, has said over on the uh, the, the uh, pillar of, of mercy, has in its opposite, Gaborah on the pillar of severity, that that has said is the sphere of what the individuality is. I love the way he puts this. It's the sphere of what the individuality is, and Gabura is the sphere of what the individuality does. How do you like that? I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's and that good that reminds me when you're talking about Hod, you know, who was the guy that said men do and women are? Well, I think that's a little chauvinistic. Keep the opposite <laughs> true. <laughs> well, yeah, but, well, actually, if you're tantric, yes, the opposite. You know, uh, uh, the 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 Shiva just sits there, and and uh, and and Shakti, and Shakti wiggles like crazy. <laughs> so, you know, and you get right down to it. So, actually, uh, but this idea of of of, of Hesed being the sphere of the individuality. And and as it is, and then Gaborah is the individuality as it does. And so the proper place to put Gaborah is right smack in the throat, because uh, you know you you it, and then and then uh, you can hope very very much that that maybe you won't say the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, and and, and it, but the path leading up. With the hangman, the idea is let's have a transformation. Let's turn things upside down. Let's don't let's don't be as as as, as quick to you know to hate and pull the trigger and all that. If if we can first if we can first uh, learn to to subdue our passions and look at things differently and and whatever. Uh, you have any more thoughts on that one? 
You, you know, well, there's two things that come to mind, um, and I never thought about it really until this evening since we really delved into it. When you're hanging upside down for a prolonged period of time, all the blood in your body starts rushing to your head, and this will actually create its own sort of trance state. And uh, one thing you're actually doing is you're waterlogging your brain, and uh, you're putting a lot of pressure on it after a prolonged period of time. And um, another expression that uh, one of the uh, new associate members, the uh, brothers in our order, said to me that I thought was really wise was that iron sharpens iron. And um, iron is the um, element of, uh, of Mars and war and, and Gabura. And um, really we have to, in order for things to improve in the world, we're constantly having to fight things. And uh, the truth is uh, there hasn't been a single war on the planet that hasn't started with words first. Misapplied words have led to wars. And uh, so the throat chakra for Mars really makes a lot more sense than people would think. We have the, the saliva is created there, the water is created there, but um, also actions of war, words, words create wars. They create big wars, they create little wars, they create friction between people, but uh, they can also um, pacify, subdue, and resolve situations. So that's really a good reason instead of um, making the whole base of our being the root chakra Mars and, and um, having our own reproductive system equated with um, um, war, you're putting it in a, in a place where it's a lot more intelligent to put, and it's also more productive. Well, let me uh, let me clarify that a little bit. Um, um, in the Eastern, well, they, 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 we shouldn't say that Woodruff serpent serpent power or or the the most common Laya Yoga arrangement is the Eastern system because there are other arrangements uh, besides that in the East. Uh, however, that's the one we come to think of as the Eastern arrangement, as the the chakra system of the East. And they put they do put Mars. They they, they attribute the planet Mars and the Martian energy to uh, to the genital chakra. Well, uh, you know, hey, yeah, there's uh, women have testosterone, and you know why, and there is uh, there is uh, some validity to this. But uh, I think in, in the Western system, we put the moon in, in the genital region, and I, I think that fits much, much better and, and is much more apropos and, uh, and certainly, uh, certainly is a lot less chauvinistic. Uh, I, I, um, I, not that, not that we have to be, you know, we, we don't have to shop. Shamanism doesn't have to dictate everything we do, but I mean, but still, yeah, we want to have, we really, really want to have a, 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 a gender balance when we consider these things. And, and, uh, cause you know, half of us are, half of us are one gender, they are half the other. And, uh, so that, this, this, tends to be the case. Uh, but um, so um, the Western system fits not only with uh, our mythology and with our, with our uh, uh, spirituality but in uh, our cosmic orientation as far as spirituality is concerned, but it also uh, fits with the Kabbalah. And uh, it is based upon the lightning flash of the tree of life, and uh, and the middle pillar exercise. So that's uh, that's something that uh, that we've been uh, we've been finally starting to get successful getting this thing around uh, and getting the uh, weaning weaning the western the western uh, magicians away from this uh, away from trying to make the eastern system fit. With the Kabbalah, and it just plain does not. Uh, but uh, so in this case, yeah, Kabbalah certainly does uh, does fit in the throat. So uh, uh, next week, um, next week uh, we're going to do the twenty second path, and that is uh, leading from uh, uh, from Tipperet over to Kabbalah, uh, and that is just a Oh boy, yeah. Here come the judge, <laughs> and uh, so that ought to be fun. And uh, and Brother Solomon, I want you to call in on that one too. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, now um um so uh that'll be that'll be next week and um we gotta get over to, to, to over, over to SF pretty soon and and then we're gonna have fun because that's where we put Atlantis. Yeah. And so until then, uh all you people out there in Bar Radio Land, good magic. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.